Welcome. <coughs> sake. <laughs> what? Coughed as soon as I said welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to lean away from the mic, I'm sorry. Hour of Devastation is a fan-supported, listener-supported podcast, supported by people just like you. If you like what you hear and want to show your support, head over to patreon.com slash hour of devastation. A pledge start from as little as one dollar. Thanks. Welcome to Hour of Devastation, a weekly Magically Cavern podcast where we talk all things Magically Cavern. I'm your host, Joe Loudon, and with me as always is Sam Neil. Hiya. How are you doing this week, Sam? Uh, I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah. As time of recording, it's currently my birthday. Happy birthday. Thanks, mate. I'm not going to sing, but, you know, I thought I was, <laughs> best wishes are all, all the best. <laughs> I was desperately worried that you were going to start <laughs> singing, <laughs> and I'd have to just leave immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm now uh, 26. Wow. Yeah, so young. Feels like, it, fe- <laughs> it feels old. <laughs> it feels so old. But yeah, I have done very little today. It's been very nice. Sweet. Because I don't really care about my birthday, like, at all. Yeah, I, I'm the same as well. Like, I don't know. I I guess that I kind of do care about my birthday, but in like a negative way. In the way, I just I <laughs> dislike it. But, yeah. yeah, it's just like every time you plan to do something really cool and fun for your birthday, it always ends up being disappointing. It never lives up to expectation. Yeah. Um, and it's just like I don't really care about that stuff. So like last night, I went out for a meal with my parents. That was quite nice. Sweet. I ate, I ate a massive burger, which was always nice. Yeah. We went to bath for the day as well just for a day out because there was a there was a grace and perry exhibit oh cool one of the museums that was fun uh but it was full of middle-aged posh white people <laughs> who were just like you know really experiencing the artwork and yeah <laughs> i mean to be fair that's kind of what we were doing but <laughs> like i don't know uh it was kind of a, a weird vibe in that room and people were walking around it the wrong way it's annoying uh, and then today they were, they were just recontextualizing the, the broader concept of the whatever i don't know i can't do art speak i'm not even gonna pretend. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was just it was funny because there was a lot of genitals on it you know it's like, Haha, look there's a penis that's fun um it is and fun then, it is fun yeah uh, <laughs> and then we uh today we walked to the local weather spoons nice yeah i had a massive breakfast um then came home had a nap that was nice Cool. And then order some Chinese food. That sounds like a great day to me. <laughs> it's a great day now recording a podcast. Yeah. Well, I've got nothing better to do with my birthday. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been pretty good. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. And other than that, I literally have nothing interesting to talk about because my week has been very medium. Oh, no. Yeah, it's fine. I just haven't done anything. I've just been at work, yeah. been at home, been at work, been at home. You know? Well, it's better than bad news, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is it? <laughs> I've just I've just been partaking in the depressing capitalist nightmare that is 2020. What? Yeah, I've <laughs> been enjoying it. How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good, uh, to be honest. Uh, so uh, last Wednesday, I went to Manchester for, for a wrestling show, which was sick. Um, had the absolute best time. Uh, and then, uh, so taking Wednesday and Thursday off work because of that. Um, if we could stay overnight in Manchester on Wednesday, travel back on Thursday. And then I figured, well, taking those days off, I might as well take off Friday as well, just have like an extended period of time off. So I did, um, and yeah, did very little, which was really nice, just some like catching up housework. And then I played a load of Magic pretty much all weekend, which is great fun. That does sound fun. Yeah, decided to like, I guess, pseudo-simulate a GP and um, 
play 15 rounds over two days on Saturday and Sunday on Magic <laughs> Arena. <laughs> Do you ever get tired of being, like, too cool? Oh, I'm not cool. <laughs> yeah, it was it was meant to be heavy sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> but please continue. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was, it was decent. Um, I went 12-3 overall, which was was pretty awesome, I think. I'm very happy with that. Um bit gutted at the same time, because if that had been a real GP, that would have been some sweet cash. Yep. But yeah, I played blue-white, um, kind of like a blue-white enchantments list, uh, which I was playing a... I want to call it free-to-play version of the list that uh, Brian Gottlieb put up last week. Um, so I was playing a sketchier mana base and only one Arkan of Sun's Grace mainboard. Uh, but I was playing two Fairwish's mainboard as well, which actually worked out pretty nicely, I think. Yeah, that seems pretty good. Yeah, I just I liked having just having that accessibility to sideboard and just having answers uh, for pretty much any matchup was, was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, I went 12-3 in total. Uh, the ones I lost against were uh, lost in round five uh, against Esper Hero, which uh, I refuse to believe it is a good deck. Uh, yeah, we spent we deck. spent a reasonable lot of time last week just dumping on that deck. So Yeah, I, I just I don't think it's that good. As somebody who has played Esper Hero in the past and absolutely loved it, I think its time has been and gone. Uh, Hero present one is like one of the, the worst the worst cards in most matchups. And I feel like I sideboarded out most times I'm actually playing that deck. I think there was an interesting discussion about it. I think the, the point with that deck is just like, well, here's all these good Esper cards and they just needed a two drop. Yeah. And I guess Hero just fills that role because it costs two mana. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a good card, but like it's a card that fills the fills the the role that you need it to, I guess. Yeah, I, I think that's that's reasonable, definitely. Uh, I lost O uh, two against Mono Black, which it's it's just gonna happen. They're just gonna mm-hmm. have like the the turn one cat into turn two Yarrick's Fan Lurker into turn three uh, the one from Eldraine. Ayara. That's the one. Yeah, they're just going to get you a Gary's, and it's it really sucks. Um, Did yeah, you really I, enjoy 2013 standard? Wasn't that really good fun? I wasn't playing standard in 2013, so I couldn't tell you. No, you didn't enjoy just losing to either Grey Merchant Asphodel or Master of Waves. Sounds truly delightful. It was awful, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate it very much. So yeah, I just... just I had bad matches against that, and it sucked, but what can you do? Uh, mm. And then the other one I lost against was Blue-Green Titan, which uh, I didn't think the matchup was too bad, but uh, game two... So I lost the first game. Game two was reasonable, and then game three, I uh, had to mulligan to four because I didn't draw lands in my first two hands, and then just drew a terrible third hand. and It was not fun. But uh, I think that deck's really cool. Uh, it's like the just blue green, I guess ramp deck. But this one, so this one was playing a lot of titans. Uh, so it was playing four of Uro, and then it was also playing uh, Agent of Treachery. Okay, yeah. And it was playing uh, Repudiate Replicate. <laughs> you said poo. I did say poo. Yeah, I said poo <laughs> several times during that game where they went like. <laughs> Turn three Uro, and then cast Repudiate to stifle the trigger. It's Repudiate. I really want you to stop saying Repudiate. repudiate. <laughs> it's a difficult word for a Geordie voice to say. 
I get posher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that was that was horrendous. And then the mm. uh, yeah, they used like the replicate to copy the agent and treacheries, which was, was disgusting. Jesus Christ! It, the deck's really really cool. Um, it's possibly something I might even build myself if I had enough wild cards in arena. So never, but. <laughs> yeah, it was great fun. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I think I'm probably going to run it back again next weekend and maybe stream the whole thing. So you got you had to mulligan to four? I did, yeah. So does that mean you're going to go on Reddit and write a like, what really whiny little post about how the arena shuffle is broken? <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not, no. <laughs> those are, that's what really cool people do. Yeah. Oh, the shuffle is really bad. I, I didn't draw enough hands in my opening hand in my 19 land deck. Okay. <laughs> cool, that's why. Yeah, out of like, I don't know, like 40 plus games of magic having to like mulligan horrendously once is, is pretty good odds I think yeah it's, it's pretty decent yeah. so, so you spaffed away all your, all your good luck just sitting in your house for an entire day yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> instead of waiting to like an actual event where you could possibly earn some money <laughs> yeah totally I, we, we don't have events where you can earn money in the UK no, especially, that's not, especially not in the northeast. East uh, you, can, you have events where you can spend loads of money yeah I love that I love going to a place and spending all my money and having nothing to show for it. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll get some sort of Star City Games series equivalent. No. Well, I mean, uh, the dream was always having a legacy GP in Glasgow, but, you know, they're not not doing legacy (laughs) GPs anymore, ever. (sighs) Yeah. Yeah. That's that's, (laughs) That's that's sad. So, yeah, we did get the, the second half of well not the second half the second quarter of the Magic Fest schedule uh, so we've got the format for Liverpool which is sealed uh, <laughs> which hey to be fair it's better than last year's sealed which was a, a weird pre-release with four different flights and it was it was awful for everybody yeah but corset sealed I'd, I'd much rather take corset sealed over the nonsense that was War of the Spark pre-release I mean yeah but it's you it, you're not taking it by much I don't want to do a corset uh, Yeah, as, as, as somebody who played in that event last year, then yeah, I, I would not want to play that again, ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That makes a lot of sense. I don't mind a corset as well. I really don't. I really do. Like, they're not great, but I don't think they're bad. I mean, it was easily the worst limited format of last year. Uh, probably. Yeah, because yeah. Ravik Allegiance was the best. Yeah, agreed. Uh, War of the Spark was very good. Yeah, and had a lot of interesting play to it because of all the uncommon planeswalkers. Uh, Throne of Eldraine was fine. Had some interesting build paths and like had like ten different archetypes, so that was cool. Yeah, it was okay. And um, they're all so far has been really fun. Yeah, I know it's te- technically this year, but you know, Modern Horizons was great. No, oh, yeah, but yeah, Modern Horizons was great also. Now there's always one I forget. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of upsetting, but you know, I guess find me in the legacy side events. Yeah, and uh, any small casual tables you might be able to find now to play Commander. <laughs> oh, good luck. <laughs> yeah, right. That's going to be like no space. Cool. There's pubs around the corner from the event. It's fine. Yeah. So yeah, I've played a surprising amount of Standard and I'm really enjoying it. I think Standard is in a surprisingly good place at the moment. There's just, like, just a wide variety of decks you can play. Like you can play Blue-White Control again and it's sick. Um, Mono Black, great. Mono White actually seems like a good, like a a decent deck uh, and there's yeah a whole load of nonsense blue green things you can do really you can do good things with blue and green cards you can yeah who would have thought who would have thought yeah it's upsetting that the white the white deck's good 
because yeah. we're planning to spend an entire hour talking about how crap white is. We, oh yeah, we figured that would be just the absolute best use of time on, on your birthday would be to do <laughs> a whole episode dedicated to Magic's worst colour. Yeah, my second favourite colour. Yeah. And the worst colour. Or uh, uh, shite, as I think Mark Rosewater called it. That is correct, yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed that post very much. So yeah, there was a, a uh, somebody had asked Mark Rosewater a question about white as a colour on his Bloggerdog, his, his Tumblr page, mm. and he'd replied to it, but instead of using the word white, he used the word shite. <laughs> so perfect. It was, yeah. So that that's either like a genuine typo, uh, where obviously the, the W and S keys are very close to each other, so that's that's obviously a, a genuine typo when he's he's using his phone or he's at his keyboard or whatever, and his finger slipped. Or that is the order correct on his on his on his phone, which is the one that I the total tinfoil hat figure that I I want to personally believe. Where's where does Mario live? Uh, I would assume Seattle. So not Northern England or, or Scotland. No, the only places where shite is actually used as a word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I doubt he's I, using maybe, that word. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's used quite frequently in the Rosewater household. I mean, maybe yeah. I would be suspicious of that. <laughs> oh, I'd be delighted if that was the case. <laughs> Absolutely, especially if he was using it to describe his own game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. So we're going to talk about how bad white cards are and why that might be and how we might possibly improve it. Let's go. Yeah, where do you want to start? So I have some ideas about how we can improve white. So I think... Do you want to start with why you feel like white is so bad? Yes, I would, I would love to do that. Sure. So, I think you've got to first look at what white actually does in terms of magic. Yeah. So it has like a few things that it does inside its colour identity, right? So, it's an aggro colour. Yeah. So it generally has cheap, efficient creatures... Yeah. They're used to attack the opponent. Potential quotation marks around efficient, but agreed. Yeah, but that's the thing. So red just has better options, right? Yeah. Red, red just has more efficient aggro creatures and can do other things. Um, so the problem, the problem with that is aggro, it doesn't have any reach. So if, you're, if your like, swarm of white creatures gets brick-walled, you don't really get anywhere. Yeah. Whereas a colour like red has stuff like Lightning Bolt and Lightning Strike just to start doming the opponent once they're a low life total. Whereas white can't do that by itself. White just has to attack with little little things, yeah, and then hope that that's good enough, which is kind of bad. The other thing it can do is like tax effects, yeah. So you have stuff like uh, Thalia Guardian of Thraben, which taxes non-creature spells. You have uh, Idolon of Obstruction from the new set, which taxes planes or activations, yeah, which I've n- never seen do anything meaningful. Uh, it can stuff like Leon the Arbiter and Ava Mind Sensor, where it stops your opponent searching their library. Which, now that fetchlands aren't ever going to be a proper thing in standard, isn't really a thing that you care about doing. Uh, it can exile things. It's quite it's a thing that white can do. Yeah, I, I think I think it's it's probably one of the only, uh, I guess, like abilities mechanics that that white is definitely the say like at the forefront of doing that. I think. Uh, most of our colours don't have access to that. Yep. And I think that like when they, they do, it's it always has some sort of caveat. Like, you know, red's very good at exiling things that you control or exiling the top cards of your library, that sort of thing. Yep. Uh, whereas white is is very much I'd say the only colour really that can 
just has like an equivalent of lightning bolt where you can just you can point at something and go, all right, exile this. Yeah, but they're normally kind of inefficient in terms of a removal spell. Yeah. But you have you have so you have like banishing light, you have Ixlands binding, uh, seal away stuff like that, yeah. uh, and then obviously if you go back in time, you have path to exile and source to power shares. But we're not seeing any cards like that <laughs> printed in, into modern magic, I suppose. Uh, but that's that thing you could do. Then you have like you know fiend hunter and stuff like that. Yeah. And I guess like it, it, it just kind of it like the like hate bears, right? Yeah. Is is the is the thing that gets coined with white decks quite a lot because if you have a density of them in, in somewhere like legacy or, or kind of in modern, then that's that it does. You have stuff like uh, containment priest, which does like a, a kind of. Um, like graphic is cage type thing where it exiles yeah. the thing if it's entering, so stuff like that. And then obviously you have like rest in peace, stony silence, um, and it has kind of like answer cards to very specific problems. Yeah. So definitely. if your opponent's playing a graveyard deck, white has the tools to deal with it. If your opponent's playing an artifact deck, white has the tools to deal with it. And then it also has wraths, I guess. So wrath of God, obviously, is the original one. But you know, uh, as every other part of magic is being pushed, so like in terms of efficiency of creatures, the powerful spells, the powerful abilities that things have, it just seems wraths get slightly worse every time. And yeah. I guess now we we do have we do have like a format of wrath, but it still has a downside. And whether that downside actually amounts to much, you know, we'll see as standard keeps playing out because it seems like Shatter, uh, Shatter the Sky is actually quite good. Yeah, I, I've been playing it in my blue white deck, and I do think it is very good. Um, I feel like most of the time you're at least from the games I played over the weekend, like you're probably also gonna control a creature of power four or greater, um, when you have when you're playing a deck with Dream Trawler. So you I mean like a lot of the times you're getting some value out of that as well, or like yeah. your opponent's playing like a like a smaller deck or uh, like a mono red deck. Yeah. And it is it's just gonna be Wrath of God the vast majority of the time. Uh, I, I think it's great. I do think it probably could have just been Wrath of God, especially given that Theros is a plane filled with gods. Yeah, we have that. We, like, they've already, yeah, they've already printed Wrath of God with Heliod on the art. Yep. They definitely so could have done that. They couldn't have just reprinted that. Yeah. But I mean, then other colours also have Wraths now. So uh, obviously Damnation, but then you have like Crux of Fate, yeah. Languish, Witch's Vengeance. You have like the, all the red um, damage base board wipes. Yeah, it's like, you know, like so Storm's Wrath in Theros. Two red yeah, red, exactly. four damage to each creature in each man's walker. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so you don't really have, like, it doesn't corner the marker on that kind of effect now. Yeah. And Wraths are generally only good if you're playing them with other colours, because you want to be also... Because if you're just playing with white, then the rest of white's colour identity is very much playing creatures. Yeah, definitely. So you're like, well, I don't want to Wrath the board when I'm playing a creature deck, right? You want to play it with, like, in your blue-white control decks, and your Esper control decks, what have you, where you want to control the board. Yeah, I feel like that's the... That's probably the biggest difference between white and all of the other colours. That in all of the other colours they have spells which which help their creatures. It helps the helps your strategy, it supports your strategy. So like you said, in red you've got efficient creatures that do damage, but then you've got the burn spells to finish off your opponent. Yep. Green, you've got big creatures, but then you've got spells to help you find your lands and other things to cast those big creatures. In mm-hmm. blue you've got you know, sort of medium to okay creatures but then you have counter spells and and bounce spells and all sorts of things to to stop your opponent from getting rid of your creatures Mm -hmm. and then white you've got some you know they have to be aggressive creatures but then the cards which you have to protect or support your creatures usually also just get rid of your own creatures as well yep so this is the thing like white has a very interesting part of a color pie yeah 
but it's not, for the most part, a part of the color pie that actually interacts well with the game of Magic when you're playing. Yeah. So when you have stuff like... I think Conspiracy 2 like, did a good job of, of showing that kind of effect of what white can do. Although, unfortunately, that you know that's not into standard, it's not into modern, it's not into yeah. like the big parts of Magic that people play a lot of the time. Conspiracy 1, I think, even even did as well. It's like that cancels judgment. Yeah, exactly. Like that's a really sweet card, but you know, it's not it's not being printed into standard. Yeah. And there are also very specific effects that happen to line up quite well in terms of legacy. So you have stuff like so you had Palace Jailer. Yeah. Which is kind of fading a bit in, in legacy now, but it's a very powerful effect because it makes you the monarch and also exiles a creature. Yeah. Which is one of White's things. You had Sanctum Prelate. Yeah. Which is like a chalice of the void for non creature spells, which happens to line up very, very well in terms of legacy. Because yeah, if you just put it on one a lot of the time, then it, there's a lot of decks that can't really beat that. Yeah. Especially when most of the premium removal spells in that format cost one. Yeah. Whereas if you were to put it into standard, like there's a, a suite of removal spells all over the curve, all over the, the mana cost, right? So, you know, that doesn't really work in, in that sense. Then you also have um Containment Priest, which I mentioned before. Yeah. It's uh, which and, was yeah, printed even, in uh Containment Priest was it was Commander Quenda 14. It was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Conspiracy 2 also had a Recruiter of the Guard. Yep. Which is, you know, apparently a thing that White does now. Um, but that also spits into a very specific um, a specific strategy where, where you're searching for creatures with toughness 2 or less. Yep. Yep. W- which you're then finding like tax effects like Thalia Guardian with Thraben and things like that or Mother of Runes. So that's why that's powerful. If yep. you're just doing it in standard to find like a 1 mana 2 one, then... Like that's not a great thing to be doing. Agreed. And so that's the thing. I think I think white lines up quite well in legacy specifically. Yeah. Where the point of legacy is to be efficient and to do to do kind of broken things like that. But it, it's these these tax effects and these prevention effects that don't really line up well in, in terms of standard and a lot of the time in terms of commander either. Because if you're doing those kind of things in commander, then you just look like an asshole. <laughs> you feel like, well, I'm going to play this rest in peace. I'm going to play the stony science. It's like, well, no one can play the game, so you kind of you're the, you're the bad person there, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's similar in the fact that, like, for a while, White's thing was mass land destruction because you have Armageddon and Ravages of War. Yeah. Which is also massively frowned upon and not quite good enough for constructed play. And then that also just fell into Red's color pie for some reason, <laughs> where you can just blow up lands. So so they, they lost that effect. I mean, I mean, Red's always had the ability to, to blow up lands. Yeah, like st- Stone Rain and stuff, but it's, yeah. it's become just exclusively Red now, right? Yeah. If you want to blow up a land or do something bad to lands it's become a red thing rather than it has any other color but you, you, know, you also had stuff that like moving into different colors like you had spirit of the labyrinth right yeah which was the first card to stop people drawing extra cards and then for some reason you just had leofold and then narset which are like blue cards yeah. so you just took away one of white's i mean that that effect wasn't particularly particularly good in standard um because the rest of the card it was just a, it was a two mana three one that didn't really do anything else Whereas Leovold, it also it's like it's a three mana three three, which is quite good at rumbling, and has other text on it like when someone points something at you, you draw a card. Yeah. So that's relevant. And then Narset is also a planeswalker that also ticks down twice to effectively perform a dig through time. Yeah, totally. So that's a reasonable effect. So when you tack on like a tax effect onto that, that's much more powerful than tacking it onto a random three one. There's also an enchantment for some reason. Yeah. So it's just these 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 things that White is good at doing just don't really line up that well. And when we're seeing a white deck do good in standard, it's just doing aggro things. Yeah. And I guess lifelink things. Yeah, I think that's the thing at the moment. I think with, with Theros, there definitely is is now a, a mono-white deck, a white weenie deck. Uh, that I think it, it it has sort of two strategies. So its main strategy is definitely just to just to play uh, efficient lifelink creatures, so stuff like I'll say the Vipers Bounty turn one or Healer's Hawk turn one is what you want to do. 
Then turn two, you want to join his pride mate. And then turn three, you want to play uh, the one from Eldraine that I can't remember the name of, where you gain life whenever a creature attacks. Uh, Linden. Linden, that's the one. You just, yeah. yeah, you gain a load of life and you do a load of damage because of that. Yep. Then that deck also uh, it does play Heliod and it plays. I've seen it play Heliod's Intervention. Uh, so it plays nicely with Ajani as well from uh, M20. Mm-hmm. Uh, M20 and yeah, M20 definitely. Uh, yeah. Where Ajani has, uh, if you have more than 15, at least 15 more life than you started the game, you just win the game. Yep. I'm going to look it up just so I can get the wording exactly right on that. I mean, that sounds vaguely like what it does. It's yeah. It seems a reasonable thing to. It seems very good in that strategy. Yeah, it's a Johnny Strength for the Pride. It's two white white. Uh, it comes in with five loyalty, and it it has a zero ability as the ultimate, which is if you have at least fifteen life more than your starting life total, exile a Johnny Strength for the Pride, and each artifact and creature your opponent's control. Yeah, but I mean, how bad did that card seem for so long? Oh yeah, terrible. It's only when you have this density of like random like life gain effects that matter. Yeah. to be able to weaponize random life gain that that, that 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 becomes a playable card a card you want to actively want yeah totally. still not a great card it just says win the game on it yeah pretty much so it's just it's just these things that white does that don't really line up that well I guess it's like it's quite good at making tokens but also every kind of makes tokens at this yeah. point so it doesn't really have a monopoly on that it's not like special in doing that you're like oh I need to pay white so I can make tokens because every other color does that uh, I guess it also gets disenchant effects yeah like you know disenchant was the original card uh, it still does that, but green also does that, and sometimes green does that better. Yeah. In, in cards like uh, Unravel Ether, where it just shuffles it in or puts it on the bottom of the library or whatever. Uh, and also, green cards are just generally more powerful. <laughs> so if you're looking for a naturalized effect, you're playing. If you're playing green, then that's much more. Yeah, I mean, green has like Mystic Repeal now. One green put Target Enchantment in the bottom of its owner's library. Yeah, that card, I saw that card for the first time at pre-release because I hadn't seen it. That card's nuts. It's yeah, that, even that's like very similar to disenchant. Um, yeah, I like that better card in lot. some cases because it deals with gods, but disenchant doesn't. But also, green has like nature's claim, which yeah. is a single a single bound to do that, and you know, gaining full life doesn't really matter. Return to nature as well from Theros. Destroy target enchantment artifact. Destroy target enchantment or exile target card from a graveyard. You mean return to nature from Theros, Eldraine, and War of the Spark? Oh, did not realize it was in those sets as well. Yep, because I picked them up. Uh, during War of the Spark because yeah. they were quite good in Modern Infect because it's a uh, it's a I mean Naturalize is kind of good against Chalice of the Void decks yeah. because a lot of your spells cost one mana in Infect so you want a two mana spells kill it and then it also randomly exiled something from the graveyard which kind yeah. of became relevant occasionally it's just it's strictly better Disenchant yes it is strictly I guess it's strictly better Naturalize but it's strictly better Disenchant it's because just, with yeah. Disenchant you have to play white <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's, so, yeah like you, yeah, you, you don't have to like Green is, is objectively the best colour of magic at this point. Uh, and yeah, it has another mode you can choose, so it's, it's just better. It just is, yeah. Yeah, so it got printed in Water Sparks, so picked them up for that. For yeah, that. I and then, that at all. Wow. And then they printed it and thrown with like a pumpkin on the art. Because it's like a, oh, some, yeah. Cin- yeah. Cinderella's carriage turning back into a pumpkin, so I was like, well, I've got to own that art. I remember that now, yeah. And then, yeah, now it's in, now it's in Theros. I guess that's just an ever, evergreen card they want to put in, which is fine. It's like, and it, it works, especially when in Theros, right, with... Um, the escape creatures. Yeah. So I guess that kind of makes kind of makes sense. Um, but yeah, so I guess green now gets to do disenchant better. So it doesn't really have that anymore. Yeah. And you get to have like stuff like Heliod's Wrath, Heliod's Intervention, or um, it's called Crush Contraband, I guess, was in um, or Guilds of Ravnica. I think so, yeah. 
Uh, so it has effects like that. Those yeah. effects aren't complete, aren't particularly exciting or playable. Uh, white also generally just doesn't really have a way to get give card advantage. Yeah, it just it, it the way it leverages that in in older formats like Legacy is the access to Wasteland and Rashadenport. Yeah, where they count as card advantage because you get to like strip a land, right? Yeah, so it becomes powerful there. But, but that's not a, a thing they're particularly interested in doing in in standard and also that isn't a white effect it's it's an effect that any deck can play it's just when you're coupling it with cards like thalia wasteland is pretty good so it, it's just these there's these things that just don't line up particularly well with what standard wants to be doing um and it's kind of sad that the first what good white deck we've had in ages is just like a life gain deck really yeah definitely like an aggro life gain deck where like every other color is getting to do something a lot more cool yeah like a some black deck's like basically the same thing but it gets like a more powerful finisher in just terms of like gray, gray merchant, right? Yeah, it, it's almost like like the reverse, really. Um, yeah, yeah. It's like, sure, you can gain all, all the life in all the, the life in the world you want, but if like, yeah, if you're playing the black deck, then you're also gaining a lot of life, and you're also draining that life away from your opponent. So, yeah, I think they're probably they're probably fairly well matched. Um, I'd yeah. say the mono black deck probably wins that most of the time, unless the white yeah. deck can get a Johnny down. Yeah, because I mean, it also has like roughly as efficiently costed creatures. Yeah. So in terms of like just the aggro plan, and then like yeah, it gets to lose life rather than gain. Like gaining life is doesn't really do anything unless you have a card like a Johnny. Yeah, it makes it, the, it makes it kind of harder for your opponent to beat you. But like, I mean, the other thing that the black deck has as well is is hand disruption. Like it has yeah, exactly. duress, it has agonizing remorse, it has the Arox Venmoker. And what does white have? Nothing. No. Like I'd learned of disruption was definitely never going to be a playable card. No. And that, that's that's kind of like it's it just, just just doesn't line up well. So I guess the place where white tends to excel uh, a lot of the time when we have particularly very very powerful white cards, they tend to be planeswalkers. Yeah. Uh, not this time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think Elspeth is that good. I, I in terms of like, I, I think Elspeth is better than you've made out in previous weeks. Sure. But she certainly isn't the best four-mana white planeswalker we've ever had. No, that is that is true. So, I'm just trying, you know, going back, trying to think of like the last good white card that was printed in a standard set, which is probably History of Banalia. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think History of Banalia was was the last the last good mono-white card. Yeah. Because obviously we've had several Teferis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms, in terms of mono-white, because when you pair it with another colour, it's the thing about white, it's a very good support colour a lot of the time. yeah. It's very good, like you know those like banishing light effects or those wrath effects are very good when paired with another color. Um, normally blue or black or a combination of the two. But history banana was the last kind of good white card that we had, and I think you know it was a three mana card that made a lot of power. Yeah, which is an un- uninteresting thing to be doing, I guess. You know, yeah. if that's the only thing you're doing. Um, and then I think before that, the last good standard white card we had was Gideon, Ally of Zendikar. I think before that it was Settle the Wreckage. Sure, okay. But that wasn't like, oh, I'm going to play white. It was like, well, okay, well, this is a good card, so I'm going to play it. It didn't, yeah. you know, it didn't require you to... It didn't actively draw you to want to play a white deck. It actively wanted to play... It, it drew you to actively want to play a control deck. Yeah, totally. It was a... Which I think it, is it, was, it was a support card, which is, which is, is very different to a proactive card, I guess, for want of a better term. Yeah, which is like History Banalia or yeah. uh, Gideon Alev Zendikar. Yeah, totally. And Gideon Alev Zendikar dominated 
the formats that it was legal in. Yeah, it was I, just, I got so sick of that card. It was just absurd. Like It was legal for like two years because it yeah. came during that time where they messed about with what was rotating in an app standard. Yeah. So it was just legal forever and it was just one of the best things to be doing. Yeah. Outside of like the rally deck, I guess. And the fact that Rally of the Ancestors is a white card is irrelevant. Because <laughs> that was not a white deck. It was just like, this card is a card that we play, but the rest of the deck, the rest of the deck was like, basically yeah, It was like, white. yeah, we can play five color, whatever we want. Mana is perfect. Yep. We're going to play this one white card because it works nicely with the other cards that aren't white. Yeah, but it's effectively a salt deck. Yeah, I guess the, the other one, which, uh, which so we, were, we were discussing this a bit before we, we hit record, was um, uh, Approach of the Second Sun. I feel like it was the last time there was like a a powerful white card but we concluded that 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 could have been any color like it literally yeah. just could have been any color uh the fact that you gained seven life was the only thing that kind of pushed it into white at the time yep uh, i feel like if they printed that now realistically there's no reason that couldn't be green i i guess white also is the ultimate win condition color most of the time now so there are there are old win condition like what win conditions in like when a card says win the game, right? They're all conditions. If you go back, you have like I don't know, test of endurance. I feel like they're it? most. I feel like they're mostly in blue. Well, that's the thing. They're also in blue, but yeah, you have like uh, Felidar Sovereign. Yeah. If you have too much life, win the game. You have approach the second so much as win the game. You have this new Ajani that says, "Well, not, I say new, but the M twenty Ajani that says win the game if you have a certain amount of life." I guess like that's that's kind of white's a bit of white's um, color. I, I think. Hang- Blue still does it though. You've got Thassa's Oracle in this set. You've got Hero and Alignment. Uh, You've yeah. got Battle of Wits. You've got, yeah, I think it's very much a, a blue color. Lab Maniac. Yeah, Lab Maniac Chase. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sure. It's just another thing that White can have as a treat. Oh, God. I hate that meme so much. <laughs> it's a lot of funny. Oh, I love it. It's not a good meme. It's fine. It we also- don't need to be good. But it also, like, when you read it, you're like, that's not explicitly that mean. That's just, like, a thing people could say. Yeah. And that doesn't make it a good a good meme. Okay, people really want to... <laughs> <laughs> people want to spend their, their time just listening to a 26-year-old complain about what good memes are. <laughs> I think the answer to that question is almost certainly no. I don't like that meme. Anyway... Yeah, uh, I think the last good card before Gideon was probably just Elspeth Sun's champion. Yeah, probably. And again, another planeswalker. And I don't think that card was good because it was a white card. I think that card was good because you were playing an aggressive deck and you needed you wanted a six mana spell to just win the game. Yeah, it's a and it could have been any card. Yeah, yeah, uh, and it does. It 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 had two of the things that white is good at that ended up being relevant, right? So it makes three one ones for a plus, which is ridiculous. So it gets to protect the Planeswalker. Yeah. Uh, and then eventually make it to an ultimate where they just die because of the emblem. And it also has a minus that is a wrath. Yeah. Which also protected the tokens because it was power four or greater. And that just happened to like line up well with what the Absent Aggro deck wanted to do. And it, it's just, I think white Planeswalkers are often good and are often a lot better than white cards because when you when you apply the sort of the aggro nature of white onto a planeswalker because planeswalkers are hard to deal with and they're always there especially with like Gideons in specific yeah. like they turn into beaters as well as being difficult to deal with Yeah, because when they're a creature they don't die to burn spells and the same with Elspeth you just build up an army 
Just like if you, if you play a six mana card that makes three one ones, and then they waste a removal spell on it, you're still kind of up in that exchange. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, they might get rid of your planeswalker, but you'll have creatures, or you'll have card advantage, or up something. You'll have something there that that'll benefit you. And yeah, I feel like white planeswalkers, especially, I feel like you never uh, you're never going to be at a disadvantage once your opponent deals with the planeswalker. Yeah, because when, when Gideon just sits there and just yep. zero, 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 just make a bunch of two twos, so that it's very difficult for your opponent to attack into it, and then eventually just takes up and becomes a five five and just smashes the crap out of your opponent's face. Uh, Elspeth makes th- uh, three one ones, so just protects its pr- protects herself very easily because you know unless they have a creature with trample, and then they have to have like a hero's downfall type effect to be able to deal with the planeswalker, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Which at that point in when Gideon was legal was Ruinous Path, which was an embarrassing card <laughs> and just wasn't playable enough because the black cards weren't that good. Yeah. And Elspeth, sure you had Heroes Downfall, but they were, you were also just like, well, I just made this Siege Rhino in this Wingmate Rock. Like, <laughs> sure you have a Heroes Downfall for my Elspeth, but do you have anything to do with the rest of these cards? Um, and I think that's when you when you put them on a Planeswalker, then it. White excels. White white has good planeswalkers, but you you only have like one white planeswalker planeswalker per, per set. Well, I guess War of the Spark isn't counted it is, in that. It's the exception to the rule. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, you only have enough room in a set generally for one white planeswalker, right? Yeah. If if you have any at all, because there's some sets that don't have a white planeswalker. So like exploring that space where white gets to become powerful and you get to have powerful white cards just isn't possible in most standard sets. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think. Or yeah, at least, I mean, at least under. Uh, recent and probably current design philosophy. Yeah, because I mean uh, the two previous Elspeths as well, Elspeth Tyrell the Night Errant were also very very good. Yeah, Gideon Jura was very very good. Yeah, Gideon the Trials was these. Gideon the Trials, yeah, absolutely. We we don't talk about Gideon Champion of Justice because that got sucked. <laughs> um, but you know, White historically has kind of good planeswalkers. Yeah, I think so. I think and that's so. where it excels more than more than any other color. But you just don't get the chance to do that. You have to put it, you know, if you put your aggro creatures and your tax effects in, and then just like that doesn't just doesn't do enough. It doesn't do enough to, to give white good things. Um, and again, like, I guess we have to briefly talk about Commander, but white yeah. is objectively the worst colour in Commander because it doesn't do the two big things that you want a, a, a colour or a deck to do in that format, which is draw cards and ramp mana. Yeah. It doesn't do either of those things. Like, uh, green can do all of it. Green is very, very good at ramp, is now just very good at drawing cards because of the last, like, three years. Like, you don't just have to rely on Harmonize anymore. You have, like, uh, Guardian Project, Beast Whisperer, The Great Henge. You have all of these, like, ridiculous cards. Yeah, um, or you've got, like, some sort of green-blue card. Yep. Which, you know, you, you play a land, draw a card, that kind of thing. Yeah, you just you just have, like, nonsense like that. Like, yeah, you, like, you have Tati over. You have Euro now, which I guess, which, you know, does a similar thing. Blue is obviously very, very good at drawing cards. And because of that, is able to find its land, so it make, it's often very easy to make a land drop every turn. Yeah, totally. um, which also means it, it, but it also like has kind of decent removal between rapid hybridization, Pongify, and reality shift. Yeah, reality shift. It, it's, it's got bounce spells. It's got yeah. yeah, it's got scry to find your lands. Yeah, it's, it's got, got tutors. There's, there's so many things that blue can do. Like we all know how great blue is. It's also got the best spell in the format in Cyclonic Rift. Yeah. So if your opponents are ahead of you, you just do that. And it doesn't matter. Red isn't particularly good at ramping, but it has a lot of artifact synergies, so the artifact ramp becomes a lot stronger. Yeah. It has a lot of ways to, to draw cards now, because it has um, like the, the impulsive draw type effects, like the XR, you can play it. Yeah. It's like Frontier 
no frontier siege uh, outpost siege the one from Ixalan that flips most Chandras nowadays most Chandras do that thing yeah you have uh, experimental frenzy I guess is a yeah. kind of card like that like right at the stage yeah you have a lot of that but it also has the beefy creatures yeah so you're just like once you get there you're just like well just make this 7-7 seven, seven. <laughs> attack you whereas white has like do all these things and like, I don't know make some mopey little guys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then obviously black can also do everything apart from disenchant things which is also kind of getting now because you know edict your enchantments yeah the, it's, it's getting closer but black black can do everything black black has a lot of mana doublers or like a lot of uh, like cabal coffers or cabal coffers type effects yeah it also has card draw at the cost of life but that doesn't matter because it's edh uh, it has good creatures all across the curve it has powerful effects just like just you know it has a lot of things that it can do and it has big finishes like torment of Failfire and exsanguinate and white just doesn't have anything it has a bunch of piddly creatures and i guess tribal cards yeah which are kind of like uninspiring and boring and it just it can't do anything anything useful. At least red has like rituals. Yeah, that's it has true. like mana geyser or brass's bounty. Sneak attack and that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. It has like ways to get big creatures into play. And I guess white now has smothering tithe. Yeah, I which think is that's very very good. Kind of like the biggest thing I think. As, as somebody who's an outsider of the format, I think smothering tithe seems to be like the biggest thing that white's had in commander for the longest time. Yeah, it also has Teferi's protection. Yeah, which is a very very powerful card. Yeah, that's a cool card. But Smothering Tithe, just having one four mana card, and in my mind, four mana isn't ramping Commander. Yeah, like one and two mana spells are ramp, and then four mana like that, that card just makes a crap load of mana, right? Yeah, you just get to a point where you go, you cast that, and then you untap with four treasures, and then just people don't care about paying for it anymore, so you just have a crap load of mana. Um, but that isn't good enough to make up for the fact that green has like a thousand different ramp spells at every other point on the curve. Yeah. Black has incredibly powerful ways to make like crap loads of mana. Um, green, no, no, blue has a way to efficiently draw cards. You're always hitting your land drops, so your mana rocks every time. Um, and red just like has these ways to, to draw cards, or like just like make explosive amounts of mana so you can put yeah. things into play. And like I said, has the artifact synergies, whereas white just doesn't have anything. And white cards, like building a mono white deck is near impossible because, like I said, Armageddon and Ravages were frowned upon. The tax effects make you look like an asshole because you're just stopping people playing the game yeah. and it doesn't have anything else. So it has smoothing type and various protection. And that's about it. The white, white doesn't have anything good to do because it just it, it, it it's its identity as a colour just doesn't match with EDH as a format. Yeah. It doesn't particularly match well with the fact that every other colour can basically do everything. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it that's, I think that's another point of it. Just every other color can just do everything. Yeah. Every other color, because of the nature of limited a lot of the time, but because of the nature of just how magic works, you have to have vaguely efficient creatures all over the curve, right? Yeah, totally. Like each color just just has to have decent creatures. <clears throat> the same way that we've just red's just taken that over, and also they have haste now. Red cards are just white cards with haste, like a lot of the time. But, but white cards, so white, white cards will say this thing costs one more, but the red creature will have haste, and you're yeah. like, well, this is much better than this one, right? Um. So it's, it's like cards like Oko, because we clearly aren't done talking about that card. <laughs> that, that that isn't a blue-green card. What effect on there? Apart from maybe the ultimate, like switcheroo, yeah. right? Yeah. But what what of those two abilities is a green or blue effect? Making a food is... Every colour can do that. Yeah, that's true. Every colour can do that. I think green is the colour that can repeat it. Sure. Okay, that's fine, but 
a lot of other cards can make food. Yeah. So it doesn't feel particularly blue or green. Yeah. Agreed. And turning things into a 3 3 elk is like. Beast within I, green. Sure, but that was a color pie break and a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and generous gift yeah. was printed this, this in the thing from Planar Chaos, sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, beast, well, beast within was New Fracture. Sure, sure. Um, but. Yeah, gen- generous gift was in Modern Horizons, yeah. and that's a white card. That's just it's a white beast within. Yeah, so that's kind of a white effect, like turning things into another thing, or like it's also Pungify and also Rapid Hybridization, I guess. Yeah, to make it blue, but Oko could have been a white card. Yeah, it could have cost one dub dub. No, the problem I think that the problem is what what the card means. I mean, what the colors mean in terms of magic law, and in terms of what they mean as far as card mechanics go. I think. Are just a bit conflicting, especially at the moment. Yeah, I think like for 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 magic law purposes, Oko couldn't have been a white card. Yeah, I agree. the The fact that o- the Oko card feels like an Oko card more than it feels like a blue green card yeah. is is a problem. And uh, yeah, Oko couldn't be a, a white right. character. Yeah, like Oko Oko could have easily been uh, like blue green black rather than one blue green. And that yeah. that wouldn't have that wouldn't have felt off. I don't think. I think yeah. red would have felt off, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think red definitely would have felt off. I think white, if you take any flavor elements out of it, I don't think would have been an issue. Yep. But yeah, I think it easily could have been any combination of blue, green, and black. Yep. That's the thing. It's just that Oko feels like a Oko feels like a blue green character. The Oko Thief of Crown's Planeswalker card feels like an Oko card, yeah. therefore it becomes blue green. Yeah. Whereas if it was one white white and had all those abilities, maybe the, maybe the switcher is different, but that like that that ultimate rarely came up in actual games of yeah. Magic, right? So maybe that could be different. Maybe like the ultimate's like gain a hundred life, right? Yeah. Because Johnny Mental Heroes was a good card, um, and that could be that could be a white card, just a mono white card that would do all those things and would be powerful. But then again, we're just talking about good white Planeswalkers. White just doesn't fit anywhere, yeah. and I don't really get what it's for, what it does, outside of like being the cute life game deck, or like making massive angels, I guess. Yeah, I, th- I think that's. I think it, it's very much. I think it's it's key problem, I guess. Really, is is, is what I was kind of talking about before. Like all of the all of the colors have a proactive strategy and also do something to support that proactive strategy within its within its own color identity. Whereas mm-hmm. white doesn't have that. White has a proactive strategy, and its support function, I guess, for one better term, is is just life gain. And yep. we know, like, unless a card specifically says if you have X amount of life or whatever, win the game, then yep. gaining life doesn't win you the game. Yeah, exactly. And I guess when I mean, you look at the white cards from this set, from Thrust Beyond Death, right? Yeah. So we have Heliard, which. Is good if you're gaining a life, or is good if you're playing Walking Ballista. Yeah, Elspeth, which apparently is good out the sideboard, which doesn't isn't, isn't exactly a, a ringing endorsement for white cards. <laughs> uh, Arkan of Sun's Grace, sure. Yeah, I but, I like that one. Um, it's pretty good with enchantments. But is that because they wanted to make a good white card, or is it just because we're in an enchantment set? I think it's because we're in an enchantment set. Uh, you, it wouldn't be half as as good if this was. Uh, if this card was in was any any of a was on any of a plane, mm-hmm. so if you didn't have like way more enchantments than usual, uh, the card wouldn't be half as good. I mean, what if we just make constellation evergreen for white? 
Yeah. And it just did things went to, to do with enchantments. And you make enchantresses white. Like, a Satessan champion, if you change the law, like you change it from being a Satessan card, could just be a white card. Yeah. That could easily be a white card. And Satessan champion is very, very powerful. Like, we had Mesa Enchantress in Planar Chaos, but that feels very much on flavour for white. We have green-white touching Enchantress effects. Why can't green just have Enchantress? Why can't white just have Enchantresses? Yeah. But then again, enchantments enchantments aren't good. Like they're not evergreen. We don't have like this. It's very it's very rare that we have an enchantment set, and it's normally always there us. And then you have Idol of Obstruction, which you know we we talked about how cool that is to finally have a taxing ability um, on planeswalker divisions. Yeah, but that doesn't do anything. Yeah, it's. I think this card would have been a lot better if it was legal and standard at the same time as Oko. Yeah, probably. I mean, but maybe Oko, like I th- Oko shouldn't be legal and standard. So yeah, I think we said at the time like this is probably like a kind of an answer to Oko. Yeah, um, but like no other planeswalkers care about it. Yeah, but like like I said, like one and a white for a two one with first strike, and then it has a tax effect. Whereas in red, that would be one and a red for a two one with first strike and haste. Yeah, and which one seems more appealing? Oh, definitely the the red one there. Of course, and that, like, that's that's how it works, right? You have Elspeth conquers death, which costs five mana. So we're not going to talk about that. We have Heliod Intervention, which is good because it gains life and like randomly runs up our Vax Enchantments. Yeah. Uh, Idyllic Cheater, which is just a reprint of a <laughs> thing called White. Card, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, sure. Shatless Guard, which we talked about. Yeah. We have uh, Taranika, a Crow and Veteran, which is just, like a straight up aggro card. Yeah, I've never seen that card played. Yep, which Red does better. Should have been Brumaz. Yeah, it could have just been Brumaz and then it would still be worse than the original Brumaz. Yeah. Uh, and we have uh, Ilsead of Alsead. Alsaid? Alsaid? Yeah. Anna Seed of Life's Bounty. Yeah. Which does like a mom effect or a giver of runes effect, I guess. Which is a thing that I think they could explore. Like, but then again, like, Mother of Runes and Giver of Runes are obviously too powerful for standard. Yeah. I need to have that one shot effect because we had it with uh, what was the card from Dominaria that did the similar thing? You sacrifice it to give like a a creature protection or indestructible or whatever. um... With a shield, Thoughtless Bodyguard? Yes. Yeah, that's one. Yeah. Like that, you have an effect like that, but like it needs to be a one shot, and like a lot of the time that's not good enough. And I mean, this being on a one mana creature is kind of interesting. Yeah, so I think this this card is, it, I I personally think it's very good in standard at the moment. Um, I'm seeing, especially on arena, best of one. I'm seeing the mono white deck running wild. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, I I do think that a lot of players need to learn what protection does, <laughs> and that if you. <laughs> If if you suck this in response to somebody casting a wrath, like you're not gonna save the creature. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Well, it'll save it from Storm's Wrath. I, I guess so, but it, it won't it won't stop Shot the Sky doing it. It will not <laughs> save Shot the Sky, you're yeah. correct. Um Yeah, and then we have like Vanishing Light, which was, you know, it's a thing that that White does. We yeah. have Daxos, I guess. Yeah, again Daxos seems fine in, in that that white weenie deck as well but it just gains life like that's all that card does yeah and that's so dull and like so uninteresting in terms of a playable standard card and then you have the birth of Miletus I guess I love that card yeah I love that card a lot Um, yeah I I think so I think uh, I have sort of a, a couple of I guess talking points for what you could do to improve white and I, I would like to see more of this style of effect this this kind of like land tax slash like pseudo ramp effect where you have cards like this you have enchantments you have maybe even i don't know about land tax but something similar to land tax uh where you can you can go search your library for planes or search your library for basic lands 
This thing we had, um, so we had Night of the White Orchid, or yeah. Orchid, which was printed as as recently as Magic Origins, yeah. which is a reason, which puts the land into play if you have less lands. Yeah, um, you have land tax, you have Weathered Wayfarer, like you know, we this is a white thing, and we have this again, like the 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 Birth of Miletus is is a card that searches for a land. Yeah, I, but, I would just, I would love to see more of this. I think yeah, more of this in standard is is the kind of thing that white needs. Yeah, just being able to like hit land drops and like then make a defensive creature and then you know. Yeah. But then again, that doesn't play into the rest of what white does. No. Because what well, the rest of white does, like you're not paying one and a white for essentially a wall of omens when the rest of your cards want to attack your opponent. Yeah. It, it doesn't match up well. Yeah. Again, it's it's a fantastic support card. Um, but yeah. It's not a not a proactive card and doesn't support your proactive white cards. Yep. And you know. It, I just it, especially specifically with that, that land tax type effect even as far back as was it Legends? It was yeah originally you have to have less lands than your opponent and the same with Night of White Orchid you have to have less lands than your opponent like, you have to be doing badly <laughs> like you, you have to be less well off your opponent or on the draw yeah. in order for these cards to be good whereas like you know Wood, Wood Elves is a green card that just gets a land yeah. well currently you have to be but what if what if they printed just it's enchantment, one and a white uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, search your library for a basic planes, put it in your hand. How would you feel about that? It's probably fine. Yeah, that's card draw, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah. Search your library for basic planes, put it into your hand. I mean, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem that good. <laughs> <laughs> it seems just fine. Yeah, that, that that that's that's the thing. Like it 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 seems. Again, it seems good, but what is it doing to support your proactive white strategy? It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. And this is this is the thing where you're like talking about what white can do. Yeah. It it it's hard to think, and, and this is a conversation that comes up a, a lot of the time when you're talking about specifically about commander. It's just like it's hard to fit any of the things that you want white to do into yeah. white's color identity. It's easy to fit into green because green gets to draw cards when a creature enters the battlefield, and that's become a green thing, right? So yep. it gets to have card draw, and that's a good thing because green always wants to play creatures, right? You're not playing a, a, a green deck that isn't playing creatures. Um, all the other all the other colors have they have ways to do it. Like red, it very much the, the idea that you get to exile the top card of your library and you can play it until end of turn or maybe to your next turn feels very red. Yeah, definitely, it, it fits in with the, you know, the sort of wild, aggressive things that red wants to do, and fits in, you know, I guess law wise slash. Like thematically wise, because it, red's all about impulse, and yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a risk. I'm gonna gamble now, um, and then you know, either my gamble will pay off or it won't. It's it's a, it's a very red thing. Yeah, and then you have uh, blue can just straight up draw cards because blue are the smartest yep. color, right? You have black who gets, but black gets to do everything for the cost of life. Yeah, you have stuff like signing blood or um, read the bones where you get to draw two cards, but the cost to your life, right? Greatness at any cost. Exactly, exactly. That feels perfectly like a like a black ability. Yeah. But what? How do you do it with white without it being very specifically tied to a plane or a set? Yeah. Where it gets to draw cards, like it gets enchantress effects, but you can't print enchantresses or enchantments in every set. Yeah. Like you can't print like a, like a, like an enchantment thing. You can print enchantments in every set. <laughs> you can't you can't print like an enchantment theme in every set. Yeah. Because that feels very much there. Yeah, it doesn't work. So what is a thing that white does that makes you draw cards? Because it's not the size of creatures. I guess like Mentor of the Meek? Yeah, Mentor of the Meek. Whenever a creature power two or less. Yeah. And there's a battlefield draw a card. 
If you pay one as pay well. One. So yeah, you, you've got to pay for it. Um, exactly. Yeah. And it's, it costs more. So like, what, what it wants to do is be efficient, and it wants to cast a one-drop on, on turn one and two-drop on turn two. It doesn't want to cast a Mentor of the Meek on turn three and then only other play, play another card and then have to pay another mana and not be able to hold up a removal spell or anything like that. Yeah. Whereas green just gets to cast its creature and immediately draw a card just for the privilege. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't get to... Like, you have to pay the tax yourself on, on, on that in terms of white card. Like, that's not good enough. So, like, how do you make white draw cards where it's just not too broken? Because if you say... Because the thing with, like, green, it gets to, like, if you control a creature with power four or great, you do this thing. Or, yeah. like, red does that occasionally as well. And especially on gruel cards specifically. But, like, if white was, like, whenever a creature with power to less ends up to draw a card without paying for it, that's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, raise, raise, I, I, raise the alarm, make two one ones, draw two cards. Like, that's nuts. So, I, I feel like, like, like white... White has to be the... The color of the color of fairness and and yeah, I guess equality or like like law and order like white's very much about about balance and I, I think maybe white just needs some sort of mechanic or ability where if your opponent controls more of something then do this so let's say if you let's say you have an enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep if your opponent controls more creatures than you create a a Two two knight token, but why? So first of all, competitive cards rarely say the word if. Yeah, like actual playable cards rarely say if this is a th- if you meet requirement X to thing Y. Well, currently, because that's, I mean, that, that's, not, that's something that could change at any time. Then. But that's not that doesn't feel good enough. I don't be like, well, I'm playing my competitive deck and I'm putting these cards in. That if my opponent's doing well, I get to do well now. Yeah. Like that doesn't feel very good. Um, also, white just has more creatures than most people anyway. A lot of the time, yeah. Well, it was not, like, not 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 exactly. It doesn't have to specifically be creatures, but just just anything. Like if if your opponent has more cards in hand than you at the beginning of your turn, draw a card. Uh, if you're, I mean, just like I don't know, some sort of like catch-all enchantment. Like if your opponent has more lands than you, go search your library for planes, put it in your hand. Sure, yeah. but again, you can't put those cards in every set. No, you can't. And you have to have more ways to do that. And, yeah, and green has a way of doing it. Like. I guess, but you put it on enchantment, then you put it on a creature, then you put it on this artifact that does yeah. other things, and like you know, we'll probably put it on a planeswalker next, or, or anything like that. And this is the thing: White gets his card advantage by having a, a planeswalker that like makes loads of creatures. That's your card advantage. Because you're like one to, one drop, two drop, three drop. Out, Gideon out of Zendikar. I have creatures forever. You can't do anything to me. Yeah. Whereas what Elspeth does, like the new Elspeth, is you go one drop, two drop, three drop, Elspeth. Then minus twice, make two one ones, and then she can't do it again. She can't do it for a third turn. Then you have to pay six mana X off four of the cards from your yeah. graveyard, which because you're playing a white deck, you probably don't have a lot of cards in your graveyard, so you can't es- escape it. Like that doesn't fit into the way that w- the traditional way that white planeswalkers that make creature tokens have been good. Yeah, I th- it also like and I guess sure you get to punch through with the minus one ability by plus two and plus one, but you only get to do that like what, once, twice. Yeah, I, I think the problem with with white is that. All of the other colours are actively trying or want to get ahead. White actively wants to wants to help you when you're behind or balance the game. It wants to either, if your opponent's ahead, bring them back, or yep. if you're behind, bring you up. It doesn't and that, that's very, very rarely does it ever actually want to put you ahead. Whereas all of yeah. the other colours actively, proactively want to do that. Yeah, because green has stuff like like you go back as far as like alpha, like white, yeah. white uh, green has like mana dorks, 
red has uh, damage like damage spells to put you ahead or like just remove look creatures. At, look at the boon cycle, like exactly like draw three cards, like make three mana, uh, deal three damage, give this thing plus three plus three or gain three life. Yeah, three life. Three life is like easily the worst, obviously, yeah. and it also doesn't do anything. Yeah, like you having more life than your opponent isn't a thing that matters in Magic most of the time. Yeah, uh, and. Especially that's... for three life, that's, that's not like the the other two like there's two cards in the cycle which negate that like lightning bolt just negates that and uh, the the giant growth just makes that which I guess yeah sort of negates that if you if you're attacking with a creature uh, your opponent's on say so your opponent's on two and you're attacking with a two two and they go all right I'm going to gain three life and you go all right give it plus three plus three mm-hmm. just negates it. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, this is the thing. So it's like blue has more cards than you. Um, black has ways to strip you of your resources. Red has more damage than you. Green has more power than you in terms of the size of creatures most of the time. And white has the ability to bring you both to parity. Yeah. In terms of Wrath of God, Armageddon, Balance, I guess, which is the most busted white card there is probably. Or you have to pay more for your non-creature spells because I'm playing creature spells and your non-creature spells are too efficient in terms of like Thalia. But then again, that, that also appears in artifacts like Thorn of Amethyst and Sphere of Resistance. Um, and that that's that's the way that it works most of the time. And that that's where its powerful cards are. Like well, the most powerful cards, like in white, are the cards that, that restore parity to the game. Like you said, like bring you up to speed rather than putting you ahead. And I think that's a really good like analogy for what white does. Like it doesn't <laughs> it's not trying to win the game a lot of the time. It feels like as a, as as an inherent thing to its colour identity, which then makes it harder to produce good cards or cards that put you ahead in, in a game of magic because white doesn't do that. Yeah. But but in, in its in its nature, yeah, in its nature white doesn't do that. It's not part of white's colour identity. White wants things to be balanced. White wants things to be fair. All of yep. the other colours to some extent want to be ahead they want an advantage you know green green plays big things it plays things fast red plays hasty creatures red plays damage uh, black is greatness at any cost um blue is blue is always going to beat your card advantage always always going to outthink you outsmart you yeah white white is very selfless as opposed to all the colors where it, it doesn't care about itself winning it just cares about a, a fair and balanced game or a fair and balanced strategy yeah so it feels like a lot of the time so like i don't know because because with like white removal spells like i talked about earlier swords of power shares and path to exile they give your opponent like a relatively sizable advantage in terms of exchanging for their creature yeah so where black says destroy your creature white says okay well i'll remove it from the game which sometimes is relevant sometimes isn't but i'll remove it from the game but you get this big bonus. You get to gain some life, or you get to get a basic land into play. Or I have this banishing light, which you can just deal with at some point. That's yeah. fine. Like, or red has like deal through damage. This thing it's dead. So blue I, I has think blue for... has turned this thing into another thing. Green green just has well, I have a seven seven deal with it. Yeah. Like whereas white has like oh I'll give you something back for it, and and that feels like a lot a lot big big part of the color identity, and it, it's it's just it's really laying it down in terms of making playable cards. Yeah, agreed. I think in order for white to to catch up with the other colors, I think it just it just needs to change its color identity. I think the other colors have come so far from what they were originally, they've just they've just left white behind, and I think by I think. By its own nature, I think white definitely struggles to 
struggles to to accelerate at the same speed that the other colors do. And I, I think maybe they just need a, need a change in design philosophy, either for white or for the other colors to tone them down, to bring them back in alignment with, with the way they used to be. Yeah, but even then, it's still they still have to have an advantage, right? Yeah. And that's the thing when when you when you make white the most powerful color, it's miserable. Yeah, yeah, like when well, like when when balance is the best card, it's miserable. When Armageddon's the best card, it's miserable. When Wrath of God's the best card, it's miserable. Yeah. When Gideon Alev Zendikar's the best card, it's miserable. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so like in terms of like an actual playable, enjoyable game of Magic: The Gathering, it's very very difficult to make white the best color. Um, and you have stuff like Teferi's Protection, which feels like a very white card. And that's what white does, but that, that again, that's just that's it's balance, right? It's removing yourself from a situation that's bad for you. It's not putting yourself in a situation that's good. It's like, well, a bad thing's happening to everyone in this commander game, so I'm going to Teferi's protection and get myself out of here. And I guess you have you have have a card like Stoneforge Mystic, but that's powerful because equipment exists and equipment aren't really a thing anymore. Yeah. They're like Sunspear is probably the best artifact we've had in a standard set since New Phyrexia. No. Uh, oh, best equipment, maybe. Did I not say equipment? You said artifact. Oh yeah, well, very was definitely not artifact. Was a thing. <laughs> um, it's the Which best is like even that, had. like harking back to that, like like another what I feel was a very good white card at the time was like Thraven Inspector, but that was only good because it was enabling other things. It was enabling Smuggler's Copter. It was it was enabling Tyler's Tracker with clues. That's the thing. It feels like white gets kind of good stuff when it's specifically tied to like a mechanic or an ability from a set. Yeah. It's like it's good when it does clue things. It's good when it does equipment things we're in an equipment set. It's okay when we're in an enchantment set and it does enchantment things, I guess. But it's never just a good colour in like a core set. Right? It's, it's, it never does like the good things unless it's doing something specific. Yeah. Or like is a specific card type or interacts with a specific card type and you can't always say like Stanford Mystic's really, really powerful, but it wouldn't be it would be terrible if like the swords were bad. Yeah, if there was no equipment then it's just not a very good card. Stoneforge Mystic is not a good card. Yeah. It finds other good cards and that makes it good. Yeah. In the same way that Demonic Shoot is terrible if you don't have any good cards in your deck. Yeah, that's true. If you're Demonic Shooting for a Healing Salve, <laughs> that's bad, right? Yeah. Um, same thing with all, with all the like powerful like powerful cards in that in that sense. And like, it's... White doesn't get to have nice things. Ever. Yeah. But it, like when I come back, things like because yeah, like I've said, like I've said multiple times, it's my it's my second favorite color in Magic. Like I like green white as a color identity. I like Selesnia as a guild. I think I I I like the way the green white decks play, mainly in older formats because when you play them in standard, they're just like token decks or aggro decks, and like that's boring. But when you get to play with like stuff like Knight of the Red Aquary, that's a sweet card. Yeah, but that doesn't feel like a white card. It feels like a green card that is in Bant, so I guess we'll make it white, right? Um. Because it's it's a card that gets bigger because of lands and also does things with lands. It's a green card. Yeah. But like the white cards that are like a mother of runes, which is too powerful for standard. Falia, which is only good when your opponent's playing efficient cards. Yeah. Uh Palace Jailer, I guess, because it makes you the monarch and gives you card advantage. Yeah. Uh Planeswalkers, like Gideon Allies and a card. Which we've already spoken about. Uh Source of Power Shares and Path to Exile, which are far too powerful for standard. Yeah. And as we've just discussed, they're kind of still kind of like, well, I'm giving my opponent still some kind of, like, I'm giving them a gift in terms of, like, taking their thing. Yeah, totally. Um, and those are, the, those are the white cards I like playing. And then, obviously, like, your rest in peace is just your stony silences, which are tax effects. Yeah. Which, again, it's, it's, it's support. It's not putting you ahead in the game. It's preventing your opponent from getting ahead. 
it's yeah, exactly. It's preventing your opponent from doing. My opponent was going to reanimate their Grizzlebrand, but I have this rest in peace. So now we just have to play a fair game. Like, yeah. and then you happen to be ahead because your opponent, your opponent's entire strategy is affected by Stony Silence or Rest in Peace. Yeah, it's it's bringing it back to to fair game. Where like you are, you can't Dark Ritual in Tomb reanimate because that's not fair. It's not like I'm going to kill you. It's like all my cards are good enough to beat you when you're doing nothing. Yeah. Um. And the same thing with Thalia. It's like, well, my, my Storm opponent can't beat me because they're doing nothing, so I get to kill them with a 2 one. Like, okay. I I just don't... Yeah. It, white doesn't get to do anything unless it, unless it's, yeah. like, stopping the opponent. Yeah. I, I, I just don't know how you, how you fix that. I, genuinely, I don't think like, it's very hard. I'm rack my brains. And, I mean, I had made, made a, a small list of talking points about what we could do to improve white in the future but as as we, we've talked I guess in length now about all these types of things each one of those points have come up and we've said we've, we've all said oh well like these are things that other colours already do or, or, or can do mm-hmm. or are things that are are probably just too powerful for standard yep you just don't get to do anymore like, the powerful white cards are incredibly old at this point yeah the powerful white cards are Stoneforge Mystic which is now 11 years old 11 years old and only interacts with with equipment. Uh, Thalia's nine years old. Yeah. Uh, Ravages of War, Armageddon, and Balance. <laughs> uh, you know, twenty plus years old. Yeah. And then the other powerful white cards are uh, tax effects. Yeah. And that's that's white's color identity, but it doesn't line up with standard ever. It, it just doesn't work. It, it white doesn't work as a color of magic. I don't I think it's generally at the crux of it. Like white as a color identity, and I think it's incredibly strong color identity. I like it as like. I like this idea of there there being a part of magic, like a like about to say a quarter, Jesus, a fifth <laughs> of what magic is as an entity is is keeping law and order and peace and balance, and I like that as an identity. Yeah. But in terms of actually putting it on a playable game piece, it doesn't work at all. Yeah, it, it really I doesn't. Would agree. I would agree. I think as as long as they have the the color identities to do or the design design philosophies to do, I, I don't think that's ever going to change. Yeah, I don't think it's, it it's not in White's nature to, to change that. No, it's nice to see White at the bottom of the pile for once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's strange. So I, 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 I tweeted a couple of weeks ago, ninth of January. I put up the tweet so before we got this full sort of was spoiler and stuff. And put a tweet saying, you know, here's a spicy one: reprinting balance and standard right now wouldn't be unreasonable. And I feel like at the time that definitely held true. But I think if they had printed it in Theros, now we've seen there is a mono-white deck, uh, and blue-white control is good again, then yeah, I think it would be too good. Yeah, probably. Balance probably. is always either going to be like too good or like just not good enough. Yeah. It depends what the rest of the, the, rest, the, rest of the format looks like, I suppose. Yeah. And that's that's not good. You never look at a white card and go, "That's really powerful." You're like, "Well, if the things are right, if things are right, and I have a density of white cards." Whereas you look at something like Euro and you're like, "Well, that's good." Yeah. <laughs> or you look at something like Oko and you're like, "Oh, that's good." Or you know, there's loads of cards you just look at and you're like, "Well, that's a good magic card." Whereas white, you're like, "Well, in, if in the context of the format that I want to play it in is correct, then this might be playable." Yeah. And I think that that's that's what white is. And it's a shame. And like, yeah, it's just it's hard to fix, and that's the big problem. And you can, you know, we can complain about it, and or why isn't this card white, or like why can't white have this this thing? And it's like, well, it just isn't because you know if we started doing away with the color pipe, magic would be pointless. 
because everything could be colourless and you're just arbitrarily adding a colour to it. But the, one of the joys of magic is the fact that the colour identity and the colour pie still feels so... It, it's, it still feels so realised in terms of the game. Yeah, definitely. Like, you look at each of the gods and you're like, yeah, that feels like a red god, that feels like a black god, I understand what's going on here. And if you just if you just started giving white random crap, like, it wouldn't feel like that anymore. Yeah. And it's an important part of magic. Yeah, I think so. I agree with that. Um, yeah, I think there was there was a fairly interesting discussion around that uh, on limited resources a few years ago now uh i think they had a guest on at the time i want to say it was it was ben stark they had on at the time um when they were talking about i think it was part of a zendikar draft or like over the gatewatch draft and they were talking about like well like if you got rid of the colors like why would you would it still be interesting would like could you could you still design a card this way or could it still be, be that way and yeah, I, I might I might look it up and see if I can find which episode that was and stick it in some, some show notes for this. I think that's probably quite an interesting conversation to go back and listen to now. I think given given the state of, of white, definitely. Yeah. To hear that again. Last thing I think, like uh, at a base level, like the fact that you you know have to build your land base and your mana base, and you have to have things that tap for an appropriate color and be able to cast the spells you cast. Like, is is a very important facet of the game. But if you do away with that, and you know screw and flood and all that stuff and not being able to draw the right colours and whatever. But in terms of like cards having an identity, like this feels like a blue card, this feels like a black card, that's still a very important part of the game. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, just giving white just having a white card that says draw cards just doesn't work. And it, it I think just red has dominated what white was what white was intended to be good at. Small aggressive creatures just give them haste and white cards can't have haste. So, they have to have Planeswalker abilities cost one more to activate. Because <laughs> it's a cool design, but it doesn't do anything. It, it, Yeah, I feel a bit disappointed at this point, because I think coming into this, I was quite excited to explore all of the possibilities with white. But I think once you start to see white's, colorless, like white's color identity and, and unpack its color identity, I really don't think there are any or, or many more possibilities with white. I think white has the most limited design space out of all of the colours. It does. It's by its own nature. Because it, 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 always, it, it do doesn't want to do anything. By its own nature, it won't do anything unfair ever. Nope. Because, I mean, this thing, like, every other colour can do basically everything. Yeah. It can do everything basically important, and then it can pretty much do everything else as well. Because, like, black and red both kind of have direct damage. Black also has life gain. Yeah. Uh, blue has basically everything. Like counter spells, active removal. A lot of the time, you just have to time them correctly. Green yeah. has literally everything. It yeah. can destroy every kind of permanent type. Maybe not in standard a lot of the time, but it also has the biggest creatures. It also has card draw. And then white just has none of those things. Like it has life gain, it has tax effects, and it has efficient creatures. But the creatures aren't efficient enough to compete with red's creatures or black's creatures a lot of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with this discussion. I think we've we've. So I think I've said everything I want to say and moaned enough. Yeah, this is my favorite kind of episode where I just get to talk. Talk. Uh, I, yeah, like I said, I, I just feel feel a bit disappointed now we've we've discussed it more in depth because I, I had all of these the ideas like oh you you could you could improve white you print more cards that that make more tokens and then think about it and it's like oh well that's just a green ability or oh like like permission style cards but then that goes into like black and blue as well or you have like land tax slash pseudo ramp effects and yeah totally you could do that but 
there's never going to be a, a card that's better than land tax, and that you're right, that does rely on your opponent having more lands in play anyway. Yeah, there's um, sometimes you play a land tax in a game of Commander, and it yeah. never happens because you went first and you just have the most lands. Yeah, and like my other points on my list was stuff like just just taxation effects, which don't really do a lot in standard. Ever, you have to even when they are good because like, if you're getting to that point if you're designing like white cards where you're like well, okay we're going to build into the tax effect and we're going to make this the best thing to do it's either way too good because if you if you put like a rest in peace in throw us beyond death yeah. everyone would play white yeah assuming the escape cards are good right but like you just that would just be the way or like if you put stony silence into uh, a mirrodin star set or kaladesh yeah would just make it miserable uh so they're either too good, or, or you have to build an entire set. It's 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 like so nuanced having to build that that set right here. We want tax to be good, so therefore the meta, the meta game has to be in the way that meta games in Legacy are, where like the white the white tax effects happen to line up very well against the meta game. You have to build an entire set, an entire meta game, an entire series of sets where it, it fits around white doing these things. Yeah, and then it's just like it's so difficult to build that correctly because sometimes it can just go too well, or it just doesn't do enough. And I feel like Island of Destruction might be an example of that, where you're like, well, we've just printed a, dupl- a set with 36 Planeswalkers or whatever many yeah. it was, and we've printed some other powerful Planeswalkers. Let's put this in. And it's just like, well, one mana doesn't do anything. No. Like, they're still going to pay one mana to activate their Ashiok or whatever it is. Because it just doesn't matter at that point. Yeah, totally. Like, that seems like... I don't know. It seems like a some sort of possible modern sideboard card or like pioneer sideboard card maybe but even then like a planeswalker is really that prevalent in any other format no no that's yeah like i fully believe that that was probably designed with oko in mind and we're never going to get the world where oko and this are in standard at the same time and that's that's a good thing but even then like we were talking about we're talking about oko they're just like okay i'll pay a mana to turn that into an elk now it doesn't matter yeah (laughs) (laughs) like you know but yeah, I think I've had a good old moan. I've enjoyed it. I've, I've indulged on my birthday. Yeah, good. That, that's, um, good that's good. I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think we've definitely discussed things fairly well. I'd, I'd like to think. Uh, I, I just just do feel a bit disappointed that we haven't managed to to fix white. But yeah, I mean, I guess we, we by have its own nature, white can't be fixed. Yeah, it can't be. And we have conversations on this podcast all the time where, like, I, I'm not quite sure in myself yeah. but whenever it comes to a conversation where i'm complaining about something oh, <laughs> I'm, i feel conviction in what i'm saying yeah yeah you know I, I've, I've had you know a nice chill day had my birthday and i've got to end the day with just doing my favorite thing in the world which is complaining about something good old <laughs> great a good old moan awesome cool. i think that's all i've got to say cool so it's pretty much all we have time for this week uh, if you yourself want to have a good old moan about white get in touch with us on social media you hit us up on Twitter, we are at hrefdeepcast, facebook.com slash hrefdeepcast, or if you've really enjoyed anything from this episode and you'd like to give anything back, you can head over to patreon.com slash devastation, where tiers start from as little as $1 per month, that's roughly 20 to 25 cents per episode. You can find the podcast on Spotify and SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm and, just going to say iTunes. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, if you... <laughs> uh, I didn't make the joke and now I've completely lost my place. Uh-oh. It's just not a good joke. Uh, if you would like to leave us a review or, or a rating on any of those platforms uh, or a comment, that would be really appreciated. It helps us get our podcast out to more people or just tell people that you know to listen to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great way to support the show for free. If you want to check me out on my own personal social media, you can hit me up on Twitter at PeachGardenOath. That's over with an F. Facebook, I'm Joe Loudon. You can find me in pretty much any of the magic groups. 
You can also catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash peachgardenoaf. I stream uh, most Tuesday nights at 8pm. I'm streaming pretty much every other weekend at the moment as well. Come check me out this weekend where I'm probably going to be streaming GP Sunderland. <laughs> GP Sunderland, hell That's yeah. the one. Just a weird one-person GP. Sounds yeah. great. <laughs> Come say yeah. hi to me and my dog as we <laughs> lose badly. Oh, if there's going to be a dog there, that makes it a lot more enticing. Yeah, there'll be at least one dog. That's, that's my main complaint about GPs, there aren't enough dogs. <laughs> you can uh, follow me on Twitter at snail69. Nice. Thank you. I'm currently just bragging about all the shiny cards I own. Nice. Because that's my entire identity at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's more integral than points I don't do, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know myself I'm better than white nose itself. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome, that's pretty much all we have time for this week. Once again, we're approaching the second hour. The God Hero has returned, so we'll see you again next week on Power of Devastation. Mm-hmm.